Good morning, good evening, and good day. As we have 400, uh, more than 400 people registered for this event, and we are totally excited uh, today to present this event for you guys. Uh, welcome everyone for the first episode uh, with uh, in coffee with Konish. And uh, this is this is an effort uh, created by Lodestone just to educate people around the world on Canadian immigration and uh, related topics. So. We will be having a lot of uh, professionals from multiple uh, backgrounds, multiple industries uh, down the line to discuss about Canadian immigration. Uh, this is purely to educate people around the world to make conscious decisions on Canadian immigration and just to clarify their doubts uh, and the questions what they have. So we will be having a chat window in the webinar. You can uh, ask the questions over there. We'll try to address it with the short time we have. And uh, if you have any uh, questions after the session, you can email us to info, I-N-F-O, info at lodestoneimmigration.com. So we will give that information also once uh, the event is over. So let me introduce myself. I'm Koneshwaran Tarirasa. I'm a regulated Canadian immigration consultant uh, registered with ICCRC, our regulatory body. I practice as an RCAC under Lordstone Immigration Services Inc. for the past four years. And today we have Suresh Sreeskandaraja, a business and a technology lawyer with us today to discuss on business immigration. Uh, business immigration, is, it's, a, it's a vast topic. So we are not going to focus on every aspect of it. We'll be going part by part. This will be a series of uh, discussions down the line. But today we'll be uh, focusing only on a startup visa and uh, Suresh will give us a lot more details about that. So please introduce yourself, Suresh, in your area of expertise. So what makes you a best fit uh, in the business immigration? Thank you very much, Konesh, for having me. Uh, I really look forward to this event to share some legal information with the audience. Uh, uh, my name is, as, as, as you introduced, Suresh Sreeskandaraja. I'm a business and technology lawyer with Suresh Law. And Suresh Law focuses primarily on business and technology law, everything from helping the entrepreneurs start a business to by incorporating and shareholder agreements and go through the various stages of growth. So as part of serving the business, uh, we also do business immigration. And so that's why I'm thrilled today to be able to speak about the business immigration process with the focus, as you said, about the startup visa program in Canada, because that's a relatively new program that a lot of entrepreneurs worldwide are interested in. So I thought it would be a great fit to speak about that program. And just to give a little bit about background about myself, I have a background in engineering, MBA and law. So I started my career working for leading technology companies such as Microsoft and Amazon after completing my, during my engineering program time. And once I graduated, I did an MBA program and during that time, I worked with business incubators in the Waterloo region where I helped technology companies start up and thrive. And I was also teaching the entrepreneurship program as well. And then my work with various entrepreneurs and also I have done my own startups as well, uh, it propelled me to uh, pursue a career in law. And I want to focus on business and technology law to be able to serve the same entrepreneur uh, ecosystem. So this led me to complete my law degree and um, throughout this, uh, my career, I have worked for leading technology companies, held various ex executive roles at business or, uh, companies, businesses. And uh, today I am 
proud to say that I'm able to offer these business services, business legal services to startups through Suresh Law. And in addition to that, I'm part of a business incubator called Mosaic Lab, where we help uh, technology startups thrive. And I'm also uh, an executive at a, a technology and supply chain company called CSI. So this puts me in a unique position to be able to understand the business landscape in Canada because I, I bring the legal uh, business and technical uh, elements uh, to, to, to my practice, which is helpful and unique uh, to my clients. So uh, with that background, I'd like to share some information uh, that's relevant to today's uh, discussion. Perfect, perfect. So you have a vast experience that definitely makes you the best fit uh, for this uh, business immigration. Yes. Um, Sorry. So, uh, uh, tell me about like, ahead, what business immigration and how does the startup visa program work uh, for our viewers? Yes, I'll be happy to talk a little bit about the business immigration program uh, and also in particular the startup visa. So, and just to keep in mind, the information that I shared today is general legal information. This should not be construed as legal advice. Um, for that, I invite you to contact me to, at a later time to, if, if, to review case by case to provide any legal advice. But here I'm just trying to focus on providing general legal information. And as we spoke about it, uh, there are different types of business immigration programs that exist in Canada, both at a provincial level and federal level. And these vary from some of them focusing on the skills, specialized skills that, are, that professionals bring to the country, uh, for example, in technology sector, where we may be lacking certain skills and Canada needs more specialized skill sets, so we bring through that. Uh, then there's also programs for entrepreneurs and corporations, and these programs exist at, at the provincial level uh, primarily throughout the different provinces in Canada. But the program I wanted to focus on today is the startup visa program that's available across Canada in all the provinces except the province of Quebec. And uh, this program was uh, created about eight years ago as a pilot program, but only three years ago that it became a permanent program. Uh, and uh, the Immigration, Refugee and Citizenship Canada, IC, IRCC, uh, created this program. And uh, the goal of the Startup Visa program is to target immigrant entrepreneurs with the skills and potential to build businesses in Canada that are innovative, that can create jobs for Canadians, and it can also compete on a global scale. So these were the goals, the primary goals that the government of Canada wanted to achieve by creating this startup visa program. So if we look at how the program works, um, basically the government has delegated some of its responsibilities to other organizations, they call them designated organization, to sort of do the pre-screening. So there's three types of organizations that are, that are designated to do this pre-screening. So first is the angel investors group, second is the venture capital fund, and third is the business incubators. So their job is to work with the startup companies or the applicant to pre-screen, and you would, need to get the, you would need to work with one of those three groups in order to fulfill the initial requirement. 
and they would give a letter of support. Uh, one of these three types of organization would give the applicant a letter of support, which is valid for six months. And within that six months, the applicant would go on to submit the application. And once the application is granted, you, the applicants are given PR status, permanent resident status in Canada. And this could eventually lead towards becoming Canadian citizens in some cases. Uh, but right with the PR status, you are able to enjoy a lot of the benefits uh, that all of us pay, enjoy in Canada, uh, such as the social benefits programs and so on. And under this program, what's interesting is that you can have up to five owners or team members who can apply. Uh, so that's up to five members that can apply under this startup visa program. Now, each applicant must meet certain criteria that we'll talk about in detail later. But first of all, is a Canadian language requirement. So you need, to, you need to get a benchmark of five or higher in English or French in order to satisfy that. Second is that you need to show sufficient funds to be able to support yourself and your dependents for one year. So there's amounts that we'll talk about where you need to prove that you have in your bank account uh, that, that shows that you can support yourself while you're in Canada and also your dependents if you're planning to bring your de dependents along with you. And of course, third, you need to show that you're continuously active as part of the management of the business, even after getting approved and gained the PR status. So this is essentially uh, pretty much everything in a nutshell of how the Startup Visa uh, program works in Canada. That's, that's a great information, Suresh. Um, so next question I have for you is, what does startup business mean? How does it get incorporated in Canada? Okay, uh, that's a great question, Konesh. So I'll step a bit back and what does a startup business mean and how does it get incorporated? Because this is something that I work with uh, a lot of my clients all the time. So a startup is essentially a company in the early stages of business. And at the early stages, you're trying to get the business off the ground. So most of the financing is done by the founders of the company. And in some cases, you may be trying to attract outside investments from friends and family or even external investors. Now, startups uh, also need to consider about how they're planning to go to market, but also the legal structure that they're going to use. And these legal structures, there's various options, but a common one is incorporation. Now, business incorporations in Canada can be done at the provincial level or at the federal level. And once the company is incorporated, of course, the business would have obligations such as to pay taxes and also do annual filings to show that the company is active. And when incorporating, there's various things that uh, various elements that the founders need to consider. For example, they would need to think about who will be appointed as the directors of the company officers of the companies and shareholders of the companies and incorporator. So the incorporator would be the registrant. So all these are the relevant information that you would need to think about in addition to figuring out where the business is going to be operating from, which will help you decide whether you should be incorporating at a provincial level or at a federal level. So this is pretty much in the basic information, but there's obviously a lot more thought that goes into getting incorporated that a lawyer could assist you with providing the advice on what's the best strategy uh, for what you're trying to achieve in the short and long term. Perfect. 
So uh, the next question what I have is how does a business qualify for a business immigration? Again, that's a great question. So how does the business qualify? Um, as I spoke about earlier, there are designated organizations that the government has approved. Now these organizations uh, do the pre-screening work for the startup visa program. And there's a list of them that you can find online. Now these organizations are either an angel investor, a venture capital fund, or a business incubator. Now, if you're approaching and you need to figure out which type of organization you want to partner up based on your requirements in terms of how you plan on building your business and what type of equity you're willing to give up and what type of support you require based on the business idea that you have, different organizations or different types of organizations may be a better fit to achieve your goals and objectives because it's not just getting the the, the business immigration process, but it's also to help grow and succeed the business. So you need to find the right partner that works for you. Now, in the case of an angel investor, there needs to be a $70,000 commitment that is shown as part of this letter of support that they would provide. Now, if it was a venture capital fund, there would be a $200,000 uh, commitment that has to be shown. But if it's a business incubator, there's no financial commitment that needs to be shown when they provide the letter of support. And as I indicated earlier, uh, these once you get the letter of support, you have six months. These are valid for six months. So within that six months, you have to make the application for the startup visa program. In addition to that, there's obviously other, you know, if you follow a checklist that we can provide, you will follow other things such as medical exams and police checks and, and so on to uh, that, that's required as part of the qualification process for this application. Now, uh, but the main things are which, which, cat, you know, which organization you're going for, and then the language requirements, which, which we will talk about, and the income requirements that you need. Not the income, basically the funds need to be available for you to show that you can support yourself. And uh, this is pretty much the basics of uh, the information that you need to be thinking about. And the whole process, is another thing in terms of the timing. In, under normal circumstances, it can take about one year to one and a half years from beginning to end for the start of visa program. But obviously now with the COVID situation, everything could be delayed or perhaps even put on hold. So that's something to keep in mind uh, that things may be slower right now. But in, in, under normal circumstances, it's about one to one and a half year from beginning to end for this process. Yeah, COVID has uh, has done a lot uh, on these applications because I have my clients' uh, applications working on, uh, but it's been held uh, for a long time than the normal processing time. So uh, we, we as uh, professionals, we do say that we don't have the control on it. It's the government who's doing the processing and uh, they are the ones setting the limits on how long it's going to take you to approve an application. So uh, applicants has to have the patience to wait for it. Uh, I know it's not easy, but COVID will have to wait for it to get a response on that. Uh, that's that's pretty uh, elaborate, uh, Suresh. And uh, I just want to like go deep into it uh, on these, and I want to ask more questions. So, like, uh, who will be eligible for business immigration? I know, like, everyone is interested to come to Canada, right? Either way is whatever the streams fit in, but who is eligible to come to Canada or who's eligible candidate for a Canadian business immigration process? 
Okay, so there's two things to think about um, to answer that question. One is the structure of the business and also what is the stake that you own. So each applicant should be owning 10% of the voting rights in the business that they're starting. And the applicant plus the designated organization, whether it's the angel investor company, uh, the Indian investor organization or the venture fund or the business incubator must jointly hold 50% of the total voting rights. So each applicant, if there's up to five, each one of them has to have 10% of the voting rights at least. And jointly, the applicants and the designated organizations must hold 50% or more of the total voting rights. Now, there's different type of uh, qualifying companies that Canada would be looking for, but there's no specific that's listed. But basically, if you go back to the original mission of innovative and can create employment, and also the third goal of competing at a global scale, this can give you clues in terms of what are the different industries and sectors the businesses should be operating in. So for example, technology, clean energy, software and application, financial services, 3D printing. So there's a lot of these type of innovative companies that can compete on a global scale and Canada has the ecosystems to support them, whether it's the business incubators or the angel and venture capital funds to support the growth and success of these companies. So these are the type of, uh, just a few examples of the type of companies that would qualify for this program. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the company has to be incorporated in Canada at a provincial or federal level. And the, uh, the business should be operating the core business in Canada. And uh, I spoke about the percentage of the voting rights already. And those are the type of information that's important to keep in mind when looking at what type of companies would qualify for the business immigration program within, the, with particularly the startup visa program. Great, great. So uh, when we say about uh, who's eligible, now comes the financial requirements. So what exactly uh, the funds uh, people have to have for the settlement funds they have to show to Canadian government in order to come under the business immigration? Yes, the settlement fund is an important part. It's actually the amount that they require is probably on the lower end of what would actually cost for somebody uh, to, to live in Canada. So the requirement is approximately $12,960 per person per year. And so this includes the applicant and the dependents that they plan to bring. So for each dependent, you need to show that you have that type of money per year at least. But in, re in reality, the expenses could be a lot more. And this, you're looking to show pretty much how much money do you need in, to survive in Canada for one year to pay for all your expenses. Now, the you should also keep in mind that these funds need to be in a bank account and you need to provide a certified copy and contact information for your ba bank uh, uh, as well. And you also cannot show that the you cannot... Uh, have any loans or debts to take this money. So it needs to be in your savings and you need to show that this fund is available to be transferred and brought with you to be able to spend in Canada while you're there. And when you're immigrating to Canada, it's important to keep in mind that any cash over $10,000 needs to be declared as well. So this is a settlement fund and you can learn more about it. We'll be happy to discuss more, but it is per person and uh, including for each dependent, you need to show that you have approximately $13,000 per person per year. That's great. 
that's more elaborative. And uh, next comes about the, the language requirement. You were saying that uh, people have to have a language uh, certification through IELTS for English or the French. Normally, for English, people do through IELTS, GS, and CELPIP uh, and French. So, what are the requirements uh, for a candidate who's coming under the business immigration? Yeah, so when we talk about the language requirement, um, as, as you correctly say, the Canadian language benchmark of five or higher is required in either French or English or both. So this is out of nine. So you need to show that you're proficient uh, enough by getting a score of five or higher. Now, at the same time, in similar, similarly, in terms of education, age and experience, there's no uh, specific guideline that's provided in terms of what education level you need to have. But you could assume that depending on the type of business you are trying to, uh, trying to start, you need to show that you have relevant education, whether it's high school or more, to be able to start and succeed in that business. And age, obviously, you need to be an adult. Uh, and the experience level, once again, even though it's not stipulated specifically, you can assume that it should, you should be able to show relevant experience that shows that you have the skills and experience to be able to succeed in the business that you're trying to start, because that's where they go, you, they're going back to that. We'll look. The Canadian government is looking for entrepreneur, immigrant entrepreneurs with the skills and experience, uh, with skills and potential also uh, to succeed. So you need to be able to show that you you, you have experience and education, and you meet the language requirement uh, to be able to succeed in in this uh, in this venture. Great. So. Uh... So you, you've been seeing a lot of uh, businesses in this uh, category and uh, uh, what are the trends in, the, in business in Canada is making uh, the business immigration an attractive option when compared to the other uh, streams of immigration? That, that's a good question once again. And, um, you know, in terms of trends, uh, because I'm involved uh, once again as part of business incubators and I'm involved in running technology companies and I'm involved in providing legal services for technology startups. And in the past, I have taught at, at the academic institutions as well in business. So through that, I closely monitor what are the different trends in business and technology in Canada. And I'm able to see that there's a lot more support that's being provided for technology companies, particularly software companies. And Canada is a service-oriented uh, country, so financial service is very strong. So there's a lot of technology that's geared towards financial services uh, as well. And pretty much anything, any businesses related to financial services is also receiving a lot of support. Um, and then, uh, so there's a lot of employment that's being created, a lot of innovation that's coming out out of these business incubators and also from with the support of government programs uh, and there's various government programs that are available to support businesses in these sectors. Now, one thing to keep in mind that uh, during the COVID time, um, I have seen through my practice that there's more entrepreneurial activities happening, surprisingly, uh, because people are able to take the time because a lot of people are in lockdown and so on. We, you know, under these circumstances, they are able to think outside the box and think about what are the constraints we're facing today and how could technology be used to leverage remote working and other opportunities like that. So it's really helping. My practice has been thriving because of entrepreneurs who are wanting to start new ventures in technology uh, and also for financial services. So 
so it's, it's really promising that uh, there's a lot of support for them and there's a lot of entrepreneurs interested in in starting new ventures so i think there'll be more and more uh, technology companies being started in canada uh, and also financial services sector and both of these will continue to get more support from canadian government uh, and also the provincial governments and different uh, organizations to in order to thrive and succeed uh, because that will be important to create empl employment and it will be important to rebuild, uh, to strengthen our economy, given the turbulent times that we're going through right now with the, the pandemic. Perfect. So do you see any, any policy change uh, that will happen soon to help bring more uh, people uh, in this program to Canada? Yes, uh, I think um, towards the beginning of this pandemic, we would have noticed that uh, there's a lot of sectors, whether it's PPE and also manufacturing and technology, that uh, we were re relying on external parties, other countries, and we, that 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 put a strain on the the, the the pandemic put a strain on the supply chain, and uh, it it really hurt hurt the Canadian citizens in the Canada in many ways. So. I think the government is very much interested in insourcing to be able to produce more technology and our, to, to meet our own needs here. So we have, if you follow the news, you see provincial government and federal governments showing that uh, uh, higher level of commitment to be able to support businesses locally in order to do our research and development and support our own needs in terms of PPE and other other infrastructure needs going forward in case we have to deal with another pandemic or similar situation. So I think that type of, uh, that creates a conducive environment for supporting more innovation and entrepreneurship. And I think there'll be more policies to support. And, and as part of that, uh, rather than outsourcing, I think there'll be more emphasis on trying to bring talent, bringing entrepreneurs who want to start businesses or buy businesses and grow them in order to keep the knowledge and build the businesses in Canada so that Canadian businesses can compete at a global scale. And that's what the Startup Visa program also looks at, like bringing new employment opportunities, which is needed to stimulate the economy, but also creating these businesses that are local, that can compete at a global scale. And that's something very important for Canada. And I think what I'm hearing from the politicians is that there's a, and policymakers is that is a higher level of commitment. So I think it's going to stimulate the business immigration programs to a great extent uh, in the coming years. And uh, we're going to see more support and more entrepreneurs coming in to help build the Canadian economy to be stronger and uh, resilient uh, so that we can face any challenges as the one we're currently facing. Yep, and the uh, Canadian uh, government has increased the limit uh, of uh, immigrants they are expected every year. and. Uh, they are working uh, very hard to bring the talented people over here to support the Canadian economy. And I, I'm, I have no doubt, doubt about the business immigration. Definitely, there is a lot of requirements for entrepreneurs and people who want to start their career over here and start a business and uh, grow from here. And the Canadian government is on full swing to support these companies. And we, we are reading this every day in newspapers and uh, magazines. Uh, the government is trying to help people in multiple ways. And only thing people have to make sure is they understand the program correctly, because there is a lot of uh, rumors around, there's a lot of speculation on these programs. People doesn't have a clarity about it. 
So whatever we are you are saying right now is is more it's enlightened and giving more information to people so that uh, they make the right conscious decision on what stream they have to immigrate or if they choose business immigration, how they have to uh, do the process. Uh, the next question I have is, if a person start a business in immigration uh, through, uh, through startup and what happens if that business collapses? Like after he comes here and the business doesn't go well, what is gonna happen? Well, obviously, when during the intake process, every business and every applicant is assessed to uh, to see which business and which applicant will be successful, who has the potential. That's why the program is looking for the skills and the potential to succeed. But obviously, the program doesn't guarantee or doesn't require that the business has to succeed. So even if it doesn't, for some reason, doesn't work out, you know, the, the candidate will not be losing their status in any way. But uh, of course, the screening process that's in place and the support, and that's why I think the Canadian government has done a great job at doing this pre-screening through the different organizations, such as the angel community and also the venture fund or the business incubators who have the skills and resources and experience to be able to identify which businesses will likely succeed and also provide the ongoing support to nurture these businesses because if you just have a support, if you just have a startup without the support system, they are unlikely to succeed. But if the more mentors, the more support that you have, there's more chance to succeed. And that's why this pre-screening stage is very critical. And I think it, it, it's very important. And I really like that part of it. it will help, but it doesn't guarantee anything because we, you know, as a, as a lawyer, as a business lawyer, and as an entrepreneur, and having worked at different incubators and currently running an incubator, I see that it's not every startup succeeds, but it's important to, that's an important part of this innovation uh, and R&D process where we provide the support and nurture them, but there's no requirement that they do need to 100% succeed uh, once they accept it into the program. I hope it answers your question, maybe a little long, but. No, that, that is what I want to say is uh, because uh, so becoming success or the business is not becoming success is not going to affect your permanent residency because uh, you are being taken and a client is being taken into the country based on his experiences, his expertise and how he's going to do it because business means it can go successfully or it might not. So, but that is not going to impact the permanent residency status of an applicant. So that is, I just want to make that clear because I have a lot of questions uh, people have been asking me on uh, these status. Okay, I'm going to start a business. What is going to happen next if I don't succeed? If I don't find uh, the right uh, clients for my business? So it, it it all narrows down to how strong you are, how well you prepared your business plan, and how you have uh, processed it. So that will give you an upper hand uh, when you make decisions on it. Um, so that that is going to conclude uh, of the question, uh, questions what I have. So do you have, have anything else to add on to this, uh, Suresh? Yes, uh, I think maybe I could provide some general uh, general information once again. And um, I think in, in terms of when the applicants are considering this program or even Canada, uh, they would be looking, they will be comparing to different programs available around the world. 
Uh, but obviously, I'm biased in saying this because I'm a proud Canadian and Canada has been great to me in terms of supporting the businesses that I tried to start, but also providing the education and providing this ecosystem for me to thrive. Uh, but, you know, that being said, uh, you know, even though it's a biased opinion, but I think Canada is a great place for entrepreneurs to come and start a business because the government and also the various organizations and the and the people are great in terms of providing the support and nurturing that's required to succeed. And also, if you're bringing your family along, it's a great, great country to live and thrive. Uh, so, so there's many benefits that I don't need to really go into, which uh, which people would be obviously aware of. Uh, and uh, generally, they, you know, everybody's welcoming and in terms of providing the support that's needed. So, and this program is unique; it's relatively new, and it's good for good for business like business people entrepreneurs to come and start a business and canada is really looking for that in order to stimulate our economy and compete at a global scale particularly in the areas and industries that i described um, and there's a lot of information that's available and but this process could be daunting daunting so make sure that uh, you know you speak with professionals such as if or myself if you have any questions and we'll be happy to answer them and, uh, you know, we'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have and learn more about the programs and compare with other programs that may be available. And if you're interested in applying, you know, we'll be there to help you through the entire process. And uh, you, you can also reach out to the different designated organizations to learn more as well. But we'll be happy to connect you with the various organizations that you may be interested in speaking with. So just do the homework to do the research and speak with us and we'll be happy to answer any questions. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, you know, thank you very much for having me here today, Konesh, and I hope that the uh, audience enjoyed it. Thank you everybody who was watching this uh, and uh, over 400 people, that's, that's a great event. You know, in the first event that you're hosting to have 400 participants, it, it, it's huge and really, I appreciate the time that they spent, to, that everybody spent to watch and listen to the, to, to listen to the information that we had to share. Thank you very much, Suresh. Uh, that is what I want to tell people is uh, we, we are here to help them and uh, guide them to getting succeeded. And uh, everyone has their own uh, expectations on organizations in Canada. And there is a lot of uh, people who are not regulated, who are not allowed to do uh, immigration consultancy, are still doing in various countries. And our regulatory body, ICCRC, is trying to hunt them down and to emphasize the seriousness about the business and who has to, who can do this as a business, like not everyone can do. So we are regulated. Uh, you as a lawyer, you have been regulated. I'm a consultant, I've been regulated. So this is a regulated industry and people have to understand that this has to go through a proper series of uh, process so that they are not being cheated. They are being given the right information. And as you mentioned uh, initially in the interview, uh, when we started that, this is not a legal advice. This is just a legal discussion. Like we have saying about what is expected, what is the requirements uh, in Canada for each programs. So please don't consider this as a legal advice. If you want to have more clear uh, information on it, book a consultation with uh, Suresh or me, and we will be more than happy to answer your questions so that uh, we are legally bound to give you the right answers when you register with us for the consultation process. And uh, my two cents on this one is uh, for immigration, always your intention. Just make sure your intention is right when you immigrate to Canada. You have to show the right intention. 
and documentation is key. Um, so don't take chances in saying, oh, I don't have this documentation. Don't cook up documentation. Give the right documentation. Make sure everything is prepared really well. And uh, as professional and myself, we emphasize on documentation. We make sure we check everything to make sure it is the right document what is asked by the government. And uh, any documentation, you don't have it in English or French, you have to get it translated. So these things are common for all the immigration streams. Uh, I just want to give those information also to people. And uh, I'm really excited because this is something I didn't expect 400 people registering. It's actually 400 uh, for more than 400 people. Uh, so this shows the interest uh, people have in getting the right information from right people. And I'm happy that I've started this uh, session. And uh, for the viewers, I'm, I'm telling you, like, we will be having more sessions like this. And we will have Suresh uh, quite often with us to discuss on uh, other programs in business immigration as well. So if you have any questions or any uh, comments, as I mentioned in the starting, send an email to info, I-N-F-O at lodestoneimmigration.com. Uh, we will be posting all the information on our social media. Please do uh, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram on Lodge on Immigration Services. And Suresh has his uh, um, uh, social media channels as well. Uh, please subscribe to his social media channels to get more updates because we will be updating about what is happening in Canada, any change in regulations or any change in requirements because immigration is a process where it keeps changing and you have to be updated on uh, what are the changes and you have to act accordingly as professionals we get updates every now and then so that when you approach us whatever the current trend we will be giving you the correct information on this so with this i say thank you very much everyone for uh, registering and uh, watching us and please do reach us if you need have more questions and i thank you suresh for your valuable time and look forward to talking to you soon in future with other immigration streams. Thank you and wish you good luck. Thank you once again, Konish, and thank you everyone for watching.